this, this happens sometimes. Like where we start saying something interesting, and then I'm like, wait, don't, don't say it. Let's record. Ourselves. And then now I don't even remember. <laughs> we were talking about faces on T-shirts. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, because you were saying I'm wearing the Waldo shirt, and you want me to either be wearing this shirt or the Alan Watts shirt, which I have two different <laughs> Alan Watts shirts, by the way. Oh well. And <laughs> of course and you do. Of course I do. I'm a fan. I'm a super fan. Yeah. And um, and then I asked, what would it, how would you feel if you found out that like 70 years from now, people were wearing t-shirts with Jamie Lee Finch on them, like a picture of your face. And you didn't and like it. And I said, it. no. <laughs> Why wouldn't you like it? Uh, there's a, there's a lot of reasons. And the primary reason involves i mean i can't i it just involves like some major life changes that are occurring for me right now so my main reason why it would make me uncomfortable is because i'm being cryptic not for any reason i just don't know how exactly to explain it without explaining it in the context of this question um with Wait, the can career you talk about change these major life changes? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm about to initiate like a huge career change and so with the Whoa. career I'm going in the direction of it would make no sense for me for there to be t-shirts with my face on it. However, there there maybe I don't need to be this cri- Are I'm you going to law talk school. about this. You're being so cryptic. No, yeah, I'm going to law school. Um Ooh. My family doesn't even know this yet, but now you guys do. Woo! Um, school. Yeah, I'm taking the LSAT in mid-November. I'm all tingly talking about this. <laughs> wow. So, like, it doesn't make sense for you to have the face of, like, a human rights lawyer on a t-shirt. Like, it just doesn't. Of course doesn't. it does. But, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg exists, and, like, she'd still be just as badass, and there'd still be, like, merch for her, even if she wasn't a Supreme Court justice. I assume there should be. It's kind of cool, but yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm real I'm no, I'm sweaty I think, again. <laughs> I think you could assume if you found out if assuming you stick with that career, I think you could assume that if you could just find out that information that your T-shirt <laughs> was made that you were either wildly successful, yeah, or became such an infamous violator of human rights. Well, this is gonna this is gonna depend on but what no, side of the shirts? aisle like, you think. Well, yeah, no, I mean. But there are, without a doubt, with the path I'm planning on going down, half the population is going to think I'm vile. So that's fine, I guess. But you don't wear t-shirts usually <laughs> of people that you think are that vile. That you think are vile. No, I don't think so. I'm not, I haven't really seen anyone with a Stalin t-shirt yeah. recently. But maybe, maybe that'll but be the rage maybe with someone, the kids in 70 Maybe years. that'll be all the rage. <laughs> in 70 years, my face and Joseph Stalin's face. Two different t-shirts. Let's be clear. Not law the same t-shirt. School? Congratulations. Yeah. I Thanks. wanted to go to law school. Did you? I feel like you'd be good at that. I don't know how you'd be in trial, but I feel like you'd be... You have the brain of a, like the brain of a lawyer, but like what? you know behind the scenes in the office, you're like on the team of people that assembles the case. <laughs> what does this mean? I what, what I love mean? my favorite hobby Tell is verbally eviscerating people. About. So like I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know. You're so. You're just such a gentle communicator. I'm not, and I don't know. I mean, maybe that would come in handy in some cases, but you have such a good brain for law um your mouth is too kind <laughs> really <laughs> yeah 
Wow, it's not what I expected to hear. <laughs> what did you think? What did you think I was going to say? What made that you decide would to think not? I'm insane or something? What for thinking about because going to law brushes. school? <laughs> I wanted to be a lawyer. Look at me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Now look at my studio. <laughs> I mean, that would be one way to do it, I guess. I feel like I'm responsible for a higher than average amount of this gesture in the world that I just saw Melissa do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. For those listening, I just like rubbed my brow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I guess that doesn't make good podcast material. But yes, rubbing the brow in a frustrated manner. <laughs> And they, and sometimes it's oh, not bless totally his heart. Sometimes it's like, oh my it's god. It's bless his heart in every way it's that that phrase heart. means. Yeah. yeah. Bless his heart. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. Bless your heart. A Jerry Falwell Jr. t shirt. Him with his zipper uh, down. Would you wear that shirt? No. Never. never? I don't, I'm not a t shirt person, though. I'm not like a. Like, I appreciate people who fra- find graphic t shirts that, like, express aspects of their personality i i'm just i'm not that type i think it's so clever and i love when people find it and i just have never found one for me i'm not a graphic tea kind of guy i mean do did you think do i what about me gives you the impression that i'm the kind of person that would normally wear a t-shirt with someone else's face on it would you wear a black (laughs) frock (laughs) I own with, more than one in there right now. Would yeah. you wear a black frock with? I can't even think of how to like just a like black um, thread. Whose face Jerry is Falwell. on my frock? No, Ju- Jerry no. Falwell Jr. with his zipper down <laughs> on his. No, yacht. I think if I'm going to have someone's face on my black frock, it's going to be Bjork or something like oh, that. Bjork. Like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be someone who would also wear a black frock. Yeah. Yeah. The black frock community. Sure. Black frock cult. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, do you want to talk about like why you're decided to be a, an, a, what, a what? An attorney? What are, what are you? <laughs> an attorney? Um, well, the route I'm going is again. So everyone I've talked with this about has been like i texted tori douglas and she was like this is the least surprising thing you've ever told me like just like the most flat affect response and i was like yeah that's so um the route i'm going is human rights civil rights and particularly reproductive rights um but yeah i see those snaps um yeah i mean there's a lot i could say about it what there's a lot i don't want to talk about with it but i will say that this whole i mean basically what kind of did it was this whole summer i mean this whole summer like just watching watching things play out the way that they've played out but from my particular vantage point Mm -hmm. has been interesting um because i've I've done one-on-one client work with people for like three plus years, like three and a half years. And after three and a half years of working with people as a coach, the thing that I notice within myself that I find 
makes me most um, tired or frustrated or like increasingly so. And then particularly with what we've seen in like social movements this summer. And then also just what happened in Tennessee this summer with the legislature sneaking in at 1230 in the morning <clears throat> overnight um, trying to make a uh, six-week abortion ban in the entire state. Um, I, yeah, the thing, working with people for as long as I have, you know, I have conversations for living with people about being in relationship with their bodies. Um, the thing I'm most tired of is trying to talk to like my black clients, my non-binary clients, my queer clients, transgender, transgender clients, uterus having clients about establishing a sense of safety within their bodies when the world is not safe for their bodies. And the amount of conversations that I've had that has like m increased this amount of like unignorable frustration at the fact that I'm having conversations with like my transgender clients who are like, yeah, I'm understanding this relationship I'm building with my body, but I still have to walk out my door every day. And the world that I live in, the world we all live in is hostile towards my existence. And there have been many moments in the last four or five years. This is think, being a lawyer, something I've thought about for a long time. In fact, there's a story I can tell in a second about a childhood moment that probably describes it better than anything else. But in the last like four or five years, there have been so many moments where we've seen this administration make decisions that then lawyers respond to in ways where they are like, I don't know if you remember when, when early 2017 Trump's first attempt at the immigration ban, and there are all these like videos and photos of lawyers like posted up in airports. And just like, I remember seeing one where, you know, the columns in airports with the, the plugs, the electrical plugs, and just like circles of lawyers, like sitting on the ground with their laptops and just signs saying like, if you have a loved one that's been detained or if you need like come over here and everyone just lawyers just like flocked to these airports and we're just like, I'm needed. Here I go. And like, I just, there were many times this summer where friends of mine were getting arrested from staging, um, you know, with completely within their rights, uh, protest at the people's Plaza downtown in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and they never once had to worry about how they were going to navigate, whether or not they were going to get charged with a felony because there were lawyers waiting for them outside when they got released and who have walked them every step of the way through this. Mm. And now our governor, in addition to trying to take away the reproductive rights of uterus having individuals in our state has also made, uh, protesting a felony, but only for some Tennesseans. Um, sign that into law. It's a law. And now Wait, it's some Tennesseans, some tenant. It depends. It depends on what you're protesting and you can get your voting rights taken away. What? It's Look this up, Governor Lee. It's it's absolutely fuck. And of course, the day that he's like, this is what we're doing. The ACLU was like, cool, we're suing you. So, I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like this shit kind of like we talked about last time. This shit's not getting better. It's just going to get worse. And I'm not an idealist to think that like lawyers are superheroes. But at multiple moments, I'm like, uh, this might not all go south because there are people in court right now. So I just don't think I will continue to be... I still think one-on-one -on -one work is great and I love being a coach. It's all, it's like the greatest thing I've ever done so far, but I don't think I'll be satisfied with my life 
if I just keep doing this and keep looking at the container that I'm doing it in and I know that I have the skills and capabilities to move in that direction. So I don't think I'll be content if I don't. Um, so that's why I'm doing it. Wow. Jamie. I'm going to get into a lot of debt. <laughs> so to sex much witch debt. at law. Yeah. <laughs> sex witch at law. Sex witch Esquire. And that's the TV show. That's the t-shirt. <laughs> the t-shirt is the merch from the TV show. Yeah. 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 It's funny Sex talking about this too because I just like, I have just grown so just so like frustrated isn't even the word for it. I've just grown so completely exhausted of social media recently and how mm-hmm. like in the midst of all this going on, like massive amounts of people are pretending like posting things on their Instagram is like the best way to go about this. And also they're pretending like if people don't post stuff on their Instagram, they must not be doing anything. And I'm like, my friends are getting Man. fucking arrested. They don't have time to be on their phones. So I'm at a point where I'm like, I, I mean, I'm not planning on saying anything. I, my plan, I was actually thinking about this last night and talking about it. I have told maybe like 10 people. Um, my plan was, I mean, I wasn't going to like be like, cause I'm getting rid of this. I'm going a lot. Cause I still have to finish making my online course. We just pushed it back a bit. Cause now I have to study for the LSAT, but I wasn't going to say, anything. I'm not going to like make an announcement on social media. I think what I was going to do yeah. is just like after, you know, at the end of November, cause I'm taking the LSAT on November 14th. I was just going to post my score. <laughs> because i'm hoping it's like above a 170 and that'd be really cool if it was and it'd be like oh yeah hey so i just this happened great because i just don't want to i'm just so uninterested in participating in that whole world of things anymore but i i I don't know it's sinking in deeper for me like i'm excited about your eight powers like focusing in this way that can make change in in such dynamic um real ways like Thanks. it's one thing to spew it onto social media you're right it's mm-hmm. like and you get followers and some people are like yeah but there's no judge that's like uh it's a good point that's compelling Let's change go- the yeah. law yeah I have a friend, one of my friends who is one of the people that got arrested multiple times we were talking recently and she was like, man, and she was like, I probably wouldn't say this like anywhere else. Like, you guys are fine. This is safe. But it sounds a little bit like I'm tooting my own horn a bit. But she, this is what she told me. She was like, man, I'm just really, she's like, I'm really proud of you because you could have made the whole famous on the internet. I'm a coach. You could have made the whole thing work for you. You could have just done that for the rest of your life. And I was like, yeah, the thing is I could have, at the, I'm tired of social media copy and shit. I could have just hired someone to do that part for me. And I could have just like coasted. I'm like, I've, I've been in that spot for like two years where I'm like, it's right there. I could just take it and be famous on the internet, famous on the internet and like post thing. And I'm not saying people posting thing on things online isn't important. It's just the dissatisfaction in me makes that not enough for me. And that's no judgment on anyone that is doing legitimate, like so much information has been circulated. And I also understand that you've got to have a conversation about accessibility. If you're talking about the amount of time that people spend online as lots of disabled folks um, and chronically ill individuals spend a lot of time online because that's where they get a lot of their social interaction, a lot of their information from people. So 
I'm just saying that for me, my relationship to assessing what I've wanted to do, assessing what I feel like I'm here for and watching it just go, just being put on Instagram and like, and noticing my own exhaustion of just typing things on Instagram. I was like, I got, I can't, I can't. (laughs) I just, so hearing my friend kind of notice, like, she's like, yeah, you're in the position. You could have just gone that route. And yeah, probably. But Mm. I think I would have had an existential crisis (laughs) if Mm. I had kept going. (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) Well, I'm excited for you. Congratulations. That's really fun. This might mean I'm also not moving to California anymore because if I'm going to do reproductive law things, I kind of have to live in a red state. Mm. Y'all don't really need me out there. Y'all don't really need many of us out there. Yeah. Well, that sucks. But you don't won't live here, but. It's okay. It's okay. We'll see. We might have, go to law school there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. There's airplanes that hopefully you can use. <laughs> there, there are airplanes. Um, so it makes... Can I like tap into some of your witch powers before you become... Yeah, Jamie I mean, they're Lee not Finch, like disappearing. Um, Esquire. I have to retire it's a, them. It's a, it's a, I have to like ask with respect <laughs> about things. Wait, you know, our, that's our, okay. Our, I had the weirdest dream. And while you're... I, <laughs> I had the weirdest dream. Are you? Do you want dream interpretation from me? I want dream me? interpretation from you right now. Is this a charismatic church service yeah. now? Yeah. Or is this prophetic ministry? Yeah. All right. Bring it on. <laughs> I don't dream very much. And this dream was very hmm. weird. Okay. First of all, do you ever have dreams where like... Is this too abrupt of a transition? No. Okay. <laughs> I think everyone who has gathered with us today <laughs> knows at this point how ours or at least your brain works i think we're all still tracking (laughs) melissa that's it you got another reaction it's the it's the other like this is the one that you get from people and then also oh that doesn't this is a podcast god damn it it's the eyes lightly closed the slow head nod yeah Yeah, what is that that what is the what is what are the words (laughs) about that nod i don't know it's another bless his heart i guess it's a it's a different form of bless his heart (laughs) yeah it's like i the guy's fine. He's okay sometimes. The, the, this guy. He's, this guy. You, know, you got to deal with him. But I don't know. It's interesting. So, you tell me about your dreams. So first of all, do you ever have like... I feel like there's like a few towns that exist in my unconscious mind that aren't real. Do you ever have okay. that? Or like you kind of know where you're at and you go, to, oh, just go. you go left on this street. That's where I go in my dreams. Um, do you have any of those places? I might. I don't. I got a few places. I don't like think that. I do. Hey, put in the They're chat like, if y'all have that because this is really interesting yeah, in to the me. Chat, I wanna, I if wanna you hear. have like frequently visited places that you go to in your that subconscious, aren't real, but they're that, real when well, you're yeah. in your dream. You remember them. Oh Eric shit! Has Eric city. has a city. Kelsey, Kelsey does. Jordan. Okay, maybe something's wrong with me. <laughs> no, nothing's wrong with you. It's it's bizarre. So anyway, I went to a city. He has a few towns. Cool. That I've but sometimes it changed. So it changed a little bit. I was wow. like, wait, my normal hotel is not here. What happened? Yeah. So we were driving, and I th- I was on my way to a retreat, to the oneness retreat. And one of the guys who was going to the retreat picked me up, and we were on our way, and uh, we were going to stop. He wanted to show me this wild part of town and so we turned in to an alley that it had changed a bit since the last time and 
there was lots of like protests going on. A lot of like colorful um, signs and it was kind of festive, but kind of, it was like a weird um, blend of energies. Like really angry, but kind of like circusy or something. I don't know. And then, uh, and then we an stopped. An angry and circus. <laughs> yeah. Is and then what we went, you say. And there was like a barbershop and a guy was in a barbershop and was about to go through a, a transition. Like there's a, they were a transgender person and like every, a bunch of people were like watching and they were going to like do a live surgery in front of everyone, like in kind of a barber chair. I was like, wow, that's intense. It um, doesn't seem like the right <laughs> environment. I don't think you got a couple no, of like, like things you do different about like real that. Late. What? Yeah, it was real late. Also, and sleepy the, surgeon doesn't seem yeah, like a good just, idea. <laughs> it didn't look tremendously like sanitary. Uh, and then, but the guy's like, no, we got to keep going. I got to take you to this place. And we walked down all these stairs, like kind of went through this back hallway down these stairs way down at this dank gross underground area and then there's just like two giant bouncers that were just huge and but as soon as they saw the two of us they're like oh yes you you're here (laughs) and it was all men literally it was like a it was a it was a it looked like an old church building with like hundreds of seats all through this like dank underground basementy place, all men. And he re- led me up to like near the front row, and we sat down. And I was like, "This is not social distancing. What are we doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> and then this, the curtain opened, and there was a TV screen. And I think it may have been the face of the guy, the mini me guy. Vern Troyer? From, <laughs> How do I yeah, know that but guy's he looked name? Like, like his face looked like Mini-Me with his bald head. Okay. But he is so buff. And he turned around. <laughs> I would just like to just real quick interject and let you know I've forgotten 90% of what you've already described by now. <laughs> so okay. feel free to keep going. I, we'll hate I hate when people tell me <laughs> dreams. I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> but I want to hear your interpretation. Wait, was that the head. We're in a dank underground okay. big church building. Yep. All men. I know we shouldn't be there because we should be social distancing. Yep. He pulls down his pants and is waving these like incredibly muscular buttocks. <laughs> My God. Incredibly muscular buttocks. <laughs> Just waving them on the stage. And the crowd goes wild. The whole place is like, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I just read this article where aerosols are most likely a carrier of COVID, like the the primary. And look at all these aerosols being expelled into the room. I got to get out of here. But then I was like, I also knew this is a dream. So it's fine. (laughs) I... Is that, and then you woke up? Is that when you realized you yeah. were in a dream and you could leave and then you woke up? Yeah, I think I watched a little more of the show and then I woke up. Um, uh, I am wondering what you think I can do with that. 
I feel like if there's anyone to <laughs> offer that dream to, it's a sex witch. Uh, what? Who's going to law what? school? <laughs> Who's going to <laughs> witchcraft law? Um, <laughs> I don't know what to I... do about it. That happened, and I woke well, up like, "Well, what did you what's eat, going on? drink, or smoke <laughs> prior to you going to sleep?" Because your gut can just be the answer well, for well, this dream. Was. To be Captain honest Crunch with you, I went to bed. There you go. You Captain ate a children's Crunch. cereal. You had I'm an dead. influx of sugar in your system that was hitting your brain right at the time you were you know, dipping into your REM cycle. And she goes, no. I'm sorry for wasting all that time, That everyone. can't be it. What a waste of time that was. <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel right now about the fact that that's what you chose to follow up my law school story with? <laughs> Just tell me how that feels here's, right now. Here's how, my, here's how my brain works. <laughs> a lot of times, if we're all going this way, I'm, yeah. going, I'm going what's the other side what are we missing here mm-hmm. we're talking about some good stuff here this is meaningful if, if the crowd is work. walking to what the about, left yeah. you're roller skating backwards <laughs> in the opposite direction yeah <laughs> just to keep us on our toes we don't want to forget yep we don't want to forget right? this is all we a got game. Some serious work to do in life. It's all so a let's game. not forget. <laughs> what the yep. hell is happening here? I mean, well, Colton offered uh, an option in the chat that you Ooh, are possibly manifesting stress, but also a desire for adventure and experiences that are abnormal. Colton, look at him go. See, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I th- I say good. yes. Great. I think Solved I it. See, you didn't even Colton. need a witch. The the, commu- the community has become my witch. <laughs> and that's that's not replacing you, Jamie. Well, I mean, I feel pretty it, good about the fact that it takes thirty three people to replace <laughs> me. I'm coming off like a true asshole this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's going well. I know this is a safe place It's fine Okay There was one other thing That I wanted to talk about Other than my bizarre dream Oh good I'm glad there was something else I feel a little embarrassed I mean you should But But it's not that much It's not not as embarrassed as I should be Well you're never as embarrassed as you should be (laughs) (laughs) You don't You don't have that That part of your brain You've healed enough to that that part doesn't fire like it does in the rest of us. Do you remember? Do you remember the hairstyle oh you wore? God. Do you remember the hairstyle you wore when you and Lisa and I went out to coffee that one time because you kept commenting on the fact that you were wearing that hairstyle oh, was that and that you were like on the front of my face or something. Yes, yeah. And you were like 5 years ago like I would have been self-conscious about this and you're like not anymore. No, yeah, I did forget. So yeah, that. no, that part it's not there. I think I fried it out from some really big, embarrassing moments in my life. And a lot of drugs. <laughs> not drugs. It's gone. No, I think, I mean, part of it is like a less, you know, a different uh, feeling of self for sure. But 
yeah, there was just so many like big, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, big embarrassing moments for me that I wanted to die that were so, so horrifying. And and mm-hmm. at the time I wouldn't be horrified now, but I remember one of the first ones, you've heard some of them before people here have heard some of them. I'll give you one little extra one. This is not that big of a deal, but I wanted to die. Cause this is how I'm, I was, I was very shy as a kid. I was very like easily embarrassed actually. And, uh, this was my first time on the news. I was going to play a guitar solo on the news cause I made Aww. all state guitarist and they invited me to play a Christmas song on the news. It was Christmas time and it was very, it was obviously like a very Christmassy episode. And, uh, so I got on there and I was terrified and you could just tell that I was terrified. And they're like, and what song are you going to play? And just so awkwardly, I was like, it's What Child Is This? It's a Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah, everybody knows That's What Child Is This? is so a Christmas song. so cute. But I just watched myself on the news and I wanted to die. I just could not. Aww. I was like, oh, it just hurt so bad. I wanted no. to crawl into a hole and die. Is it because of the way you said it? I mean, this is, yeah. is, this is a Christmas song. Like that? Yeah, it was so, okay. such a nerdy. But that's so cute. That's what Charles is. It's a Christmas song. It's like, <laughs> it's a Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we know it's a Christmas song. Well, that, I guess that's the thing is the perspective of like an adult. I'm like, that's adorable. But when you're a kid, you're like, I don't want to be adorable. Adorable make, gets oh. me made fun of, you know, like the, I don't know. But I think that's so cute though. Hmm. I bet you played it really well. It doesn't really matter how you said it, but you played really well. Mm. Well, thank you. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Thank you for your assumption. <laughs> You're welcome. I make a lot of them. That's sometimes kind of assumption. sometimes I they're helpful. I think I played it fine. I think it was fine. <laughs> um, wait, what was What I was your say? other thing? I don't know. Uh, there, you said there's something else was you wanted to talk thing. about. Well, so Uh-oh. we're going to do an episode. This is not, this is kind of unprecedented alien podcast stuff because if this works and you can just refuse that's also oh completely viable uh we're gonna do an episode about cancel culture like a Mm -hmm. like a mega episode a bunch of guests and i wondered if (laughs) yes if we could have any conversation around that subject that might be pullable from this conversation I'll, oh, to I'll put edit in out the oh, yeah. part about the muscular mini me buttocks. <laughs> muscular buttocks. <laughs> I'll edit that part out. I mean, why would you though? <laughs> Leave it in. But uh, I thought I'd be interested to get your thoughts on the subject. Um, but if not, we'll move on, and I'll play some brushes. Yeah, let's do that for the next 40 minutes. I just want you to play those brushes. Uh, yeah, no, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Um, okay. What are you guys... Well, what are you guys doing for the episode itself? Well, we're going to have different guests, so I want to get a like variety of takes and perspectives and from different angles <clears throat> about the concept of cancel culture, not even saying that it's real. And say it just like the topic is that people talk about that. Some people are like, that's not an accurate way of framing what's happening. Cool. I don't care. People talk about cancel culture. 
let's talk about it. And whatever it means. Whatever to it whoever's means. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to you? <clears throat> oh, is that the, is that, you're just lobbing I'm just that? lobbing you. We're just starting with just, that? Okay. Uh, or you can start a different way if, you ra- if you'd rather. I mean, I don't know how else I'd start anecdote, it. Uh, some dream interpretation. I'm happy to interpret well, your I mean, dreams. It's, <laughs> I don't remember many of mine, although I do remember I'm you off. Let's go back. lots of bits of mine last night. Um, no, I mean, I think it's, um, it, I mean, it's something I've thought about a lot recently, obviously. I mean, I think about it a lot all the time and it is, I mean, do you? yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> it just, why in my exacerb, not exacerbation, exhaustion with just being on the internet, this is, that's part of it Mm -hmm. and so when i'm thinking about the fact that i love what i do for a living but i don't love the fact that i have to like be online in order to do what i do for a living because i have to like get clients from somewhere so i'd already been thinking about going back to school and was considering just becoming a licensed therapist at first and then you know i've been sitting on that for like a year and then have now decided to go the the route of law school instead but the appeal the primary appeal of either of those professions is that I don't need to be majorly on the internet. Like I don't need to have like a social media presence to do my job. Um, and in fact that is, you kind of shouldn't like, it's really not a good idea. Like in like therapists, you know, who have Instagrams, like have to say like, Hey, this is not, you know, this is, these are my opinions or this is not me and I'm not available for like private consultations via DM. So you can be, there's a bit, there's more of a separation of like, this is me and my profession and this is me as a person. And in the last three years, I've gotten really exhausted of like those two things being equated Mm -hmm. like of me. And that's, I think the thing that bothers me the most about whatever it is we're talking about, we're talking about cancel culture is I mean, first of all, I think a thing that bothers me is a lot of people don't know the legitimate and helpful roots of where it came from, which was black women um, who are trying to protect themselves um, and uh, correctly so advocate for themselves and hold uh, people in positions of power who are abusing that power accountable. Um, And then like most things, uh, other people decided to get a hold of it. A lot of white people decided to get a hold of it and erased the legitimate roots of where it came from. And so now it's become this thing that op-eds and all these things are written about, about how cancel culture is bad. And I don't, while I don't disagree with like cancel culture is bad, like the thing, I also don't agree with it. Um, because I think this, I think the thing that maybe is more accurate to say that I, I think is deeply unhelpful is reducing, any person to a product, which is just what we do through social Mm. media for the most part, reducing a person to a product and assuming that because you consume, you consume that product, you are in a position of being able to make demands upon that product Mm. about how it presents itself, how it is marketed, how it is consumed. And if the the demands that you have made on that your idea of that product aren't met you then now get to draw this assumption that that is a bad person and they should Mm. and deserve to lose the things that they have and have done that are outside of your idea of how that product should be presented so that's not the same thing as holding powerful people accountable 
but it's become this thing that we've equated cancel culture as this thing that, well, I just get to hold anyone I'm in my perception of proximity to on the internet accountable. You don't, that's not, that's not how accountability works, but we're in this mindset that that's how accountability works because people there, I have 14,000 followers on Instagram. I share really vulnerable things. I've written a book about deep aspects of my personal life. I have recorded a number of podcasts sharing deep aspects of my personal life that people have listened to real up close to their ears. So they have a a felt sense of intimacy with me. 14,000 people on that platform think that they have relational proximity to me. Mm. They don't. So when they're talking about holding me accountable, they're not even wrong in their idea of what they're allowed to do necessarily because they think they have proximity to me relationally that they don't because they've consumed me as a product. They don't actually know me as a person. And now they're making demands on that product to be presented in a specific way. So when I learn in public or am a person in various different ways, all of a sudden my professional, like what I do for a living, my ability to pay my bills gets put into question. If enough people have decided that the product, the the way I'm presenting the product in that given moment is unacceptable to them. That again is not the same thing as what cancel culture origin or canceling originated as, which was to protect vulnerable individuals from powerful people who were abusing their privilege. They're two incredibly different things, but we've made them the same thing largely. And most people are moving and, and behaving in online spaces, not knowing how to do the difference because I don't think social media is a, is a place where you can functionally actually hold people accountable, which again is why I'm going to law school. <laughs> so I'm like, I believe in accountability and I don't, I think the more we keep trying to get accountability to happen in online spaces, the more we keep hurting people and the more we keep like, we're really trying our best and I don't think we're doing it well. Um, and so I think holding powerful individuals accountable who have been abusing their power and abusing their privilege, um, as far as I know at this point right now, and I'm willing to be wrong and proven wrong later and change my mind later. But right now I'm like, that looks like taking them to court. (laughs) So I just, it's a very, it's a complicated thing to talk about because everybody knows the term. Everybody has a different idea of what the term means. And it Mm -hmm. is helpful sometimes to cancel an individual to take away their power that they've been abusing. And it is also not helpful to equate people with products. And if someone is not presenting the product in the way that you've decided you would most prefer that that means that they deserve to have things taken from them. So, um, Ooh, it's hard. <laughs> damn, Jamie. I'm glad. Glad you asked. I'm glad I asked. That's a, <laughs> some good shit. So, can you talk more about what the difference is in your perspective between a, uh, those two different ways of using the internet to call out bad behavior? What are some what are some other distinguishing aspects of what you might consider an unhealthy consumeristic based? sort of cancel culture or a uh, a more healthy and justified um, people speaking their minds about something that is destructive. 
I mean, that's a better, that's an even better question because that's a harder question. Um, Because I can tell you what bothers me about it and I can tell you what has hurt me and I can tell you what has hurt other people that I know and love. And I can also tell you when it's done something, when like a a movement of people speaking out online about someone in a, a position of power who's abusing the power has created positive consequences um it's it's easier to to point to like here's what it doesn't look like than pointing Mm -hmm. to this is how it should be and this is where i go back to the whole like i don't think social media is ever going to be the thing that we really really want it to be i really don't like i think we keep because i just don't so the thing one of the things i will say about when i when i think we've all seen like this go well where people who are in vulnerable positions speak up together about people in positions of power who've been abusing that power when that goes well is usually when um, a journalist gets a hold of it and fact checks and deeply fact checks and then writes something alongside a number of people elevates those voices and there is a level of journalistic integrity and um also just like it puts a megaphone on it and it it, it also like funnels it to where it's not just like a bunch of and it's helpful because it's not just like a bunch of people saying something on twitter instagram it's one person who collects all of that and then puts it on a platform and so that is a really i think when marginalized voices combined with journalistic integrity when those two things get thrown together you see really powerful uh positive consequences of that combination Um, so I can tell you that's, I think what so far I've seen when it like works really well. Um, and then when I, I think (sighs) that might be the only time I've seen it work well. (laughs) Um, I don't think that I've seen examples, uh, because I mean, I just, it would take so long to tell you like all the stuff I know, like there's even people that like I years ago, one person that kind of the typical way this stuff goes on Twitter, like someone is gaining in popularity because of an account and then someone digs up dirt on them and claims to be like protecting them because they're not who they seem to be. This person, you know, loses a lot, gets fired, all this stuff has to make their account private, insulates. And then I had someone, and I'm I'm being vague for a reason, but I had um, the person who it was being claimed was the person abused in that situation, reach out to me privately um, and say, I don't know who to talk to or how to share this, but like the way this whole thing is the wheels on this are turning. This is not what happened. I was not abused. This didn't occur. And I don't know what to do or how to stop this. And uh, Mm. ultimately I told this person, I was like, thanks for sharing this with me. I don't know what to do or how to stop this either, to be honest with you, because it's already just people. And this is why my whole thing with social media is like, Social media is designed for conflict because conflict creates engagement. And so when Mm. someone turns a person into a product and says blanket statement, here's this whole, this person is exclusively bad now. Like I was watching when this happened to me, one of the times, like I, when you go down the rabbit hole, it's wild because I was watching like valid criticisms of me and some of the things that I had said and some of the ways in which my perspective was more limited than it, it should have been turn like go all the like in a matter of 48 hours like go all the way down into someone accusing me of plagiarizing my thesis 
And Mm. I saw this person lob that criticism or or lob that accusation out on Twitter. And like a handful of people just read that tweet and go, Oh my God, I had no idea. That's horrible of her. Right. That's it. That's all it took. And I'm like, I, what the fuck do you do (laughs) in a situation like that? Like, and then the other times when this has happened to me or when this, when this person was reaching out to me, was like, I don't know what to do because what's being said, like didn't happen, but I'm being, this person felt like they were being objectified because the the accusation was that as a powerful man abusing, you know, a woman. And she's like, I feel like I'm being infantilized, like as if I'm not a grown woman who made my own choices and I don't know who to talk to about this. So again, it's just the ways in which we see things be mischaracterized. And then when you're watching yourself be mischaracterized, even if you try and like tiptoe in the direction of like, can I clarify this? They're like, can I explain this? Or can I maybe like stand up for myself in this situation? You just get more shit lobbed at you because like, well, now you're doubling down. You're being defensive. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I don't know what to like. I don't know what to do. And so we're like doing this at each other because we think we've seen it work in towards people in positions of power. So we're like, Oh, I, and also the perception of power is a whole thing. And this is something Mm -hmm. I probably talked about Andre Henry and I've talked about this before. Like, we, we realized this in conversation once where we both just keep coming back to it. The amount of people who think we're rich. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where did you get that idea from? Right. Like people who are mad at him for selling merch because they're like, oh, you're exploiting people because you're just making money to make money because you're rich. And he's like, why? Because I have thousands of followers on the internet. You know, that's not money, right? Yeah. Like, so people even perceive people to be in positions of power they're not actually in because social media follower count is a currency that isn't real. But we think that that's the same thing as being Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. It's like having 50,000 followers is the same thing as being, you know, someone in his position of power. And so again, it's like, we got to talk about power dynamics and how we're not doing what we think we're doing most of the time when we think we're doing this. So it just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how it works. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we make it better. Cause I don't know if it can be made. Well, I have no idea. Don't know. That's why I'm like, all right, I just want to, I just want to ha- find a career that I can just not be on the internet anymore. Cause I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's also really, well, it's also really bad for my, my brain. Cause I have ADHD hmm. and I have rejection sensitivity dysphoria. So I go into limbic shutdown. What in, is that? So it's a product of my disorganized attachment and my ADHD, which kind of play together. So the only thing I can tell you is when I experience something that is actual rejection or perceived rejection, it, this is not an exaggeration. What happens in my brain is that it feels like I'm dying, actually dying limbic shutdown in my brain because I, in the first 10 months of my life via disorganized attachment and also immediate illness upon me, like arriving in this body. Um, I was dying. My physical body was dying and I wasn't getting my needs met because I couldn't get my needs met. And the way in which that ended up manifesting in how I live and move through the world now is through something called rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Mm. So me trying to be an internet person and people turning me into a product and not a person and then lobbying criticisms, accusations, in my direction, the valid ones I can deal with because I'm an Enneagram eight and I'm like, criticism is intimacy to me, actually. Like, let's talk about this. Mm. But when it descends into this, like 
people, I block people, they create alternative accounts just so they can harass me. Or um, I see people saying really demeaning and dehumanizing things behind my back. Or when I ended my relationship last year and lost all my furniture and needed to figure out how to survive and buy a bed and other furniture. Um, it took so much for me as a, as an eight to be willing to ask people to help me. And then I saw some of these people that were committed to hating the product that they think I am, um, accuse me of exploiting people for asking for help. And it, that's still when I, if I connect with that thought and that memory too much, I start to have the like my heart rate's elevating. Like I start to go into the space of like, yeah. Oh my God, I won't survive. I won't survive. Right. So someone with my brain also, I just can't, I can't be on the internet this much. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like think we're doing speaking, a lot of things to one people. Thing if you were that, just like posting pictures of kittens, which maybe well, I should just start doing. Hate. You'd still get hate about <laughs> you might. Yeah, actually you probably would. You know, people are like, why are you only post cats? I like dogs. And you're like, well, go follow a dog account. <laughs> I just want to be here for cats. Because, I mean, you're right. It's like, even if people aren't mad about what you're doing, they might get mad about what you're not doing. And again, this is the whole, we've turned people into products. And like, it's, and this is, this is, we're not mad at each other. We're mad at capitalism and we just don't fucking know it. Like, it's just so infuriating. Like, we have just, we, we are doing this to each other, but only because a really exploitive, um, traumatizing, oppressive system has sold us on a lie that living this way is how you find happiness and well-being through mm. accumulating wealth or the perception of wealth and objectifying other human beings in order to accumulate that wealth is perfectly acceptable and moral and it's just again this is not this we've been duped <laughs> it just it's very frustrating um so mm. yeah this is one of our less fun oh no uh, that was tremendously fun <laughs> uh it was less silly but it was okay fun. yeah that's a good uh, that's a good point <clears throat> oh thanks for I saying should... that tony i appreciate that in the chat yeah there's something there there is a feeling when you have a lot of people angry at you on the internet it's a and i can't imagine if you with that particular mm -hmm. way your brain works how hard that must have been because that's not how my brain works mm -hmm. and it's still i know when like you can feel i don't know why what it is of like we're wired to evolutionarily like need each other yeah and need the acceptance of the tribe and when you have hundreds or thousands of people even if you don't know who they are online angry at you hating you you mm -hmm. your body is going like hey you don't survive in these conditions yeah. <laughs> like yeah this doesn't, that's right that's right this mm -hmm. doesn't work and and then if you factor in attachment theory the fact that like for various reasons the vast majority of us as human beings like didn't get all of our relational needs met in our first 10 months of life. And then you stack on what social media is doing to our brains on top of that. Like there's a reason why people commit suicide when Twitter mobs come for them. Like yeah. th it, this is just, we, I don't think we really understand what we're doing to ourselves. And we think 
we think it's helpful and we think it's maybe even sometimes we might think it's noble and there are really intense consequences to what we're doing. And it really is. And anybody with any following is going to have something Mm -hmm. at this point, usually like there's going to be, I remember it was a big like aha moment for me one time when I was, I was reading a Pope tweet. This was years ago. Um, Like the Pope, the Pope, he tweets, (laughs) He did back then. Oh. I don't know if he still does. That's I think cool. It was a different, it was a different pope. <laughs> different pope. Cooler different pope. pope. Um, the youth pope. Yeah, the cool pope. And <laughs> and uh, but it was like the most. It was the most like benign, like humans. We should take care of each other and love each other. There's just something like, no, how can you have a problem with this? And then I remember reading through the comments. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, fuck you, Pope. You just like, <laughs> just the meanest, <laughs> like, rancor, just pouring out at just the, the most harmless tweet. And just like, I know. People have bile inside of them here's the thing <laughs> about that though spill it out those people aren't actually mad at the pope they're mad at their dad and they just haven't gone to therapy and they, they just are, don't know I, and they've yeah, repressed their emotions well here's yeah, the thing they, they don't have to be though but that's that's a bummer because they were taught to hate themselves because they had some adverse experiences or they live in a world that teaches them to hate themselves like we don't have we don't have to i've been using a lot of air quotes this is not going to go well in a podcast but we don't have to be this way to one another but it's understandable that we are in -hmm. certain moments when we get activated because like we've got a lot of trauma that like we don't think we have and we've got a lot of effects of trauma that we don't know that we have and then we have a lot of habits and behaviors and personality traits that we think are ours but they were adaptive and so when we're put in positions where you know, or we see something online that like maybe should just rub us the wrong way and we can walk away. There's a reason why people like can't walk away. Did you ever see, this will make great content for the episode. I'll dig it up and send it to you. That Chloe's tweet here. when, hello, hello. Hi Chloe. Hello? Sorry. Hello. Chloe's about to Hi, be Chloe. on the episode. Oh, tight. Hi Chloe. Um, did you ever see that time when, um, some guy was like really coming for Sarah Silverman And she just like asked him, she, I'll find, I'll find the documentation of this because she softened that whole interaction by asking him like a really, not like a, the joking or sarcastic version of who hurt you, but kind of like the legitimate, like, Hey man, this seems like an escalation in response to just me existing as a person. They entered into this dialogue and she found out that he was like facing this super high stress situation that I think it was like a medical situation or medical bills or something like that. And she ended up like connecting with him and she paid for them for him. Hmm. And like that, that interaction, I'm like, that's what's going on behind all of these. There's pain. There's Mm -hmm. always pain behind all of these things. And this is why social media can't and isn't doing the thing that we want it to do is because Mm -hmm. we turn people into products. And so we're like, Oh, objects and products that I consume, they're not in pain. We forget mm-hmm. that people are in pain. And so the things that people do are projections of their pain. And I'm not saying that every person needs to go around doing emotional labors for strangers on the internet. But what I am saying is, is having that perspective can be helpful and us learning how, learning how to like 
deal with our pain and slowing down our reactivity to the Pope or Sarah Silverman or strangers, other strangers on the internet can help us not do this thing that we are doing to each other. But again, I just don't know if that's something that can actually functionally be achieved online. I'd love to be wrong. I would really love to be wrong about that. Like more than anything. I really would. Hmm. Well, Jamie, we're out of time. We got to go to the next uh, podcast, but that was good. I'm glad. I like, <laughs> I always like talking to you, but this one, it was Me a little too. less silly. I see yeah. in retrospect, I'm glad I threw in the dream. <laughs> yeah, we you're right. Needed we needed a some laughter. <laughs> contrast. That's yeah. I'm really glad you threw that in too. And wait, uh, was it Kelsey? Someone recommended a title for this one, which is even funnier now that this whole thing has been pretty serious. Um, where was it? Uh, oh man, we had some good topic suggestions in here. Sorry. Oh, uh, Kelsey recommended that episode title be called Tremendously Sanitary. That's good. <laughs> the Alien Thank you.